Well, hello again, everyone, and happy Tuesday to you. Welcome to another episode of the next podcast, COVID-19 Special Edition. Look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today lamenting our current condition. I've had enough of that. I'm sure you have as well. And I am not going to spend a lot of time prognosticating on a return to normalcy and what that would look like and when it's going to happen. Because you know what? I'm I'm not sure at this point how much of the old normal I really want back. Like most of you, there are certainly some things that I miss, but you know what? I've found that there are also some things that I'm okay with just leaving behind, and uh, maybe I'll get to preach that message or teach that lesson sometime soon. Look, I'm really glad you could join me today. I wish you could see me. Um, it seems like week to week I change locations, and this afternoon I am in my closet. Yes, so coming to you from the closet of uh, or the walk-in closet of Jason Cooper in the Cooper household, um, coming at you live. But look, I'm really glad you could join me today. Hopefully, this podcast will add some value to your life today. And by the time we're done, you will find yourself encouraged and inspired and challenged to get better. I want you to get better, and I want you to keep growing into the next phase of who God has designed you to be. And hopefully, what you hear today will encourage you, inspire you to do that. We are going to continue our series, Stuff Jesus Said. I've got about four more lessons in this series that I want to deliver for your thoughtful consideration. And then it's going to be time for us to move on to something else. I've been doing some reading and thinking over the last week or so on decision-making. So maybe that's where we will land next in next. We'll have to see. Look, for those of you who made it all of the way through last week's episode on God and money, I'm proud of you. Uh, That was a bit of a slog for me. And if you made it all the way through, it was probably a bit of a slog for you. We're going to shorten things up a little bit this week. I hope last week was beneficial to you. I hope it it did something for you. But look, let me lighten things up a little bit this week. Let's talk about being persecuted. Yeah. Let uh, Let me launch into this by asking you a personal question. Do you have a bucket list? A bucket list. Do you have a list of things written down somewhere, maybe in a journal or a notebook or maybe in a note on your phone or maybe in a letter that you wrote to yourself or to someone else who's close to you, but a list of things that you want to see or do or experience before you leave this world and launch into the next one after you breathe your last breath. Do you have a list like that? Do you have a bucket list? There was a movie back in 2007 called The Bucket List. Actors Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman played these two men who are diagnosed with terminal cancer, who rather than simply pass out of this world quietly in their hospital beds, they choose to go and do all of the things they they wanted to do and see before they die. Now, look, neither of those two actors are what I would call uh, exactly bastions of righteousness, but the thought behind the movie, the premise behind the movie is pretty intriguing. Probably most of us have thought about it. 
even if we haven't gone so far as to write it down in a formal list, some things that we would really like to do, skydiving, moonwalking, the space variety, not the Michael Jackson variety. What's on your bucket list? Do you have one? If so, what's on it? You want to travel to a certain place in the United States or travel to a certain country? Maybe learn a new language or learn to play a musical instrument. I'm still trying to learn how to play guitar. I've been working at that one for a while. What about writing a book or learning to paint or sketch or some other art form? I've had conversations with people before about the things on their bucket list. It's always fascinating to me. You learn a lot about a person when you hear what's on their bucket list. Sometimes you even find out that you have some common ground and interest that you didn't know you had before. It's a great conversation to have, it, mainly because it reveals people's hopes, dreams, ambitions. It also reveals people's priorities. It's interesting stuff. You know something? I've noticed, I've noticed that in my conversations in the past with people about their bucket list, I've noticed nobody ever mentions persecution. Nobody ever says, you know what, Jason, before I die, I hope I get to endure some hardcore persecution. I mean, just really get put through the ringer, man, endure some serious hardship and lose some important things. I put it at the top of my bucket list, Jason, to go through some serious persecution before I leave this old world. Nobody ever says that. Surprising, isn't it? I mean, after all, Jesus did proclaim a state of blessed, blessed if you're in the King James. Jesus proclaimed a state of blessed over those who were persecuted for doing what is right. And everybody wants to be blessed, right? I want to be blessed. Let's look at some stuff Jesus said about it. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. I'll read it to you in the King James, and then we'll look at it again in the New Living Translation. Here it is, Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In the New Living Translation, it says it this way, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Now, most of us don't want to miss out on being called blessed by Jesus. I don't, I don't want to miss out on that. If Jesus is passing out blessings, I want in. But most of us are probably a lot less eager to fall into that category of persecuted. I want to be blessed. Uh, I think I'll pass on the persecution part. I find it 
especially odd because at the beginning of the Beatitudes, the word blessed is translated as happy. You know, I find it difficult to be happy when I can't get a good Wi-Fi signal. Whenever my LTE isn't working on my Verizon phone the way I think it should be, I'm not happy. Or whenever I find out we're out of coffee creamer. Or when my carefully planned schedule gets disrupted because some Yahoo didn't take care of their business and do what they were supposed to do. And so now they have an emergency that could have been avoided if they had just had just a drop of organizational and time management skills. Maybe that part was a little too real. It, here's the point, it doesn't take much to make me unhappy. So being blessed or happy when there's persecution in my life, that's not a natural reaction for me at all. So let's look at it. Persecution is a mark of blessing. You know, there are, there are eight so-called beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And this one that we're looking at about persecution, this is the final one. So Jesus saved the best one for last. The idea of blessing is a significant biblical theme. When being blessed, someone would often kneel to have oil poured over his or her head. It was symbolic of being marked or set apart, consecrated, resourced for whatever lay ahead in their lives. And that kind of fits with the idea of being blessed here in Matthew 5, being meek, hungering for righteousness. Those are definitely evidence of being set apart by the Lord. And all of that is well and good. Have no problems with it until we come to this, this, this last one, this, this thing, this persecution thing. Who wants the evidence of being set apart by God to be persecution in their life? Who wants that? Nobody. <laughs> That's the answer you're looking for. Nobody. Who wants people to look at them and say, wow, look at that guy. He got spat upon, marginalized, ostracized, kicked in the head, stoned to death. He must really be set apart by God. Who wants people to look at them and say, wow, look at that girl. She got lied on, misrepresented, misunderstood, mistreated, and executed. She must really be set apart by God. That's not appealing to anybody. And let's be transparent here today. Has anyone under the sound of my voice right now, have, has, has, has any of you, have any of you, been really persecuted for your faith? Think about it. Have you ever really been persecuted for your faith? The, the most I've experienced is a weird look when I say, no, I'm not going to the movies with you guys tonight. I've got church. Maybe I got made fun of a little bit in high school whenever I quit doing certain things and going certain places. But y'all, come on. ISIS isn't looking for my head. Communists aren't putting me in jail for going to church. No government's coming in and taking my children away or taking my home or taking my possessions because of my faith. Satanists aren't trying to burn down my church or burn down my house. I've never been persecuted like that. And most of you listening to me right now, I wager to say you probably haven't either. So 
does that mean I shouldn't consider myself blessed? If Jesus said the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are persecuted, well, as one of the generally non-persecuted people living in this world today, does that mean I've missed my ticket on the glory train somehow? That I can't be blessed because I'm not really persecuted? Well, look, as we often say in next, context matters. So let's put it in context. Remember, this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the longest discourse Jesus ever gives. It's his longest sermon, and it's near the beginning of his ministry. And if I could say it this way, this is the time and place where Jesus gives the new rules of the kingdom. Keep in mind, he's talking to a bunch of Hebrews. They've been living under the law of Moses for a long time. And Jesus is there saying, this is a new beginning. This is a new community. Here are the new rules of the game. And it really shook some people up. Some people didn't like the new rules Jesus was laying down. They didn't want new rules. They didn't want a new community. They didn't understand it. They didn't want anything to do with it. What they had was fine. They'd been doing things a certain way for a long time. This new stuff didn't make sense to them. They knew and enjoyed the old playbook. And now here's Jesus, who is the Old Testament God robed in flesh, the same Old Testament God who always wanted a people, the same Old Testament God who set his people apart with crazy stuff like circumcision and strict diets and only worshiping one God that you couldn't even see or even have an image of. Here's that same God in flesh saying, all right, rule change. This is now what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like when you are one of God's people. And Jesus is warning them, you are a new people living in the middle of an old community. If you're going to follow me, you are going to be followers of a new way, living in the middle of a bunch of people who loved the old way. So Jesus is warning them, get ready, it's coming, you followers of the new way, because there is going to be some pushback. There is going to be some persecution. Just like my prophets back in the day spoke to people who were doing it wrong and those people didn't like it or want to hear it. Just like people aren't going to like what I have to say and I'm going to eventually pay a price for it. Well, you know what, followers of mine, you're going to experience the same thing. You are a new way new rules people living in an old way, old rules world. And when you live by the new way and you talk about it, people aren't going to like it. And you're going to pay a price for it. So we don't have anything to worry about then, right? I mean, these words were just intended for those first followers 2,000 years ago. Those of us here in 2020, we're off the hook for that prescription, right? We don't have to take those pills. Uh, sorry. Sorry. The gospel, the gospel calls all people everywhere to submit to God. So that means that today we are a new rules, new way people living in the middle of 
of an old way, old rules world. The old way is a way of rebellion. It's a way of sin. It's a way of rejecting God's authority. The old way is a way of rebellion. And your life offers people a look into an alternative, a new way. Not rebellion. <laughs> Y'all ready? Oh, you're not ready for this. Not rebellion, but submission. That's right. Your life offers those old way, old rules, rebellious people a look into a new way of living life, a way called submission. The old way is a way of sin and darkness. And your new way life offers them a look into an alternative of righteousness and light. Now, this is the point where if we were together in next, I would tell you that Jesus likes it when you take notes. And this is what you want to write down. Here it is. Persecution, folks, is the inevitable response of a darkness-loving culture to light. Let me say that again. Persecution is the inevitable response of a darkness-loving culture to light. Jesus explained it this way in Matthew chapter 10. He said, The reason why men will hate you is because they hated me. Old way people aren't going to like you and your new way ideas. You are going to be persecuted. There's a crucial understanding that we need about persecution. And this is where I want us to land today. Because while persecution is never good, and we certainly shouldn't go looking for it, I want you to hear me. God always uses it for good. Persecution may not be good in and of itself, but God always uses it for good. I want you to think about the cross of Christ. Think about Calvary. From a human perspective, the cross was the ugly, brutal result of hostility, hatred, jealousy, and persecution. It was the ultimate ugly example of old way thinkers hating the new way teacher. But in Acts chapter 2 verse 23, Peter tells us that it was a part of God's plan that God used that ugly, violent betrayal of the cross for good. Now look, I'm not being cliche, and here's the problem with cliches. We tend to write them off because they're cliche, but every cliche has its basis in truth. So I'm not being cliche when I say this, so don't roll your eyes. Listen to me. Everything in the life of a believer, everything happens for a reason. Now, sometimes the reason things happen to me is because I'm stupid and I make bad decisions. But sometimes the reason things happen to me 
is because I am light living in darkness. And that's all there is to it. It's just that simple. I'm a new way light person living in an old way dark culture. Now look, I am not rubbing my hands together in glee at the thought of a beating or imprisonment or worse. I am not going to stand out in the street and beat my chest and challenge every every old world rebellious sinful dark person and say, yeah, bring it on, bring on the persecution. I'm a big man, I can take it. Look, I'd rather not be persecuted. The thought of it is quite disturbing. Not a fan. No thank you. No persecution for me. What's really interesting, though, is that shortly after Jesus spoke these words in Matthew chapter 5 about persecution, he went on in the next chapter to speak a great deal about not being anxious or not worrying, Matthew 6.25. He spoke a lot about trusting our Heavenly Father for everything we need, Matthew 6.32. Seeking first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. And then in Matthew 6.34, he just says it outright. Don't worry about tomorrow. So if it does come, if persecution does come, and Jesus said it will, he also said in the succeeding chapter, you know what? When it does come, you can lean on me when it happens. And you know what? Maybe that's where the blessing is, Nexters. Maybe it's in the middle of that persecution that we are blessed with a knowledge and an understanding of Him that we just wouldn't have had otherwise had that persecution not come into our lives. Look, I've said it multiple times throughout this podcast. I'll say it again, just to be clear, Jesus and everybody else listening, I don't want to be persecuted. I don't even want to think about being persecuted. But I know that every time I have taken issue with some of the stuff Jesus said in his word, he has always been right. And I have always been wrong. And there is no reason to think that it's going to be any different on this occasion whenever it comes to persecution. I I wish Jesus hadn't said that stuff about persecution. I wish I could cut it out of my Bible and forget about it. I wish he hadn't said it. But in a way, I'm glad he did. So look, next week, I really, <laughs> y'all are going to think I'm joking with you, but I really am going to lighten the mood. Next week, let's, let's talk about some stuff Jesus said about family. Until then, God bless you. I want all of you to know that I'm praying for you. I think about you every day. I want to challenge you this week. Think about the stuff Jesus said this week. Think about the stuff Jesus said. It'll change your life. God bless you.